Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sanderland podcast. I'm Jamie, and with me this week is... Jack. Data. And Joe. And this week we are covering Mistborn, The Final Empire, chapters 26 and 27. Uh, in these chapters, the crew regroups at Club's shop. We have a real conversation with Kelsia about where they stand now without the army. We witness some executions and Kelsia makes his big speech. And when we finally learn about the ninth metal, and no, Dak, it is still not volcanoes. Bullshit. Hold, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to something, everybody. The Sandalanch is about to begin. Okay, yeah, we had some interesting and uh, informative and some violent things happening in these two chapters. What did you guys think? It's pretty cool. The execution and the speeches, I thought, all right, this is you know the big, the big fuck yeah moment. That was cool. I thought it was interesting that the Lord Ruler himself showed up without showing up. So I have thoughts about that, but we'll get to those. And I really liked the little conversation with Marsh. I thought that was just a very frank and honest discussion, I guess. And yeah, we find when Vin said, "You never taught me the ninth medal." I was just like, "Thank you, finally." <laughs> he was saying what we were all thinking. Yeah, and actually, there's a bit uh, in the annotations here where he's just like, "I worry the scene took too long. You've probably been wondering for quite a long time what the ninth medal did, and that concerns me because you'll wonder why Vin didn't get around to figuring it out." But he felt like this was that the first exactly place what that I it really worked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're like, why didn't Vin ask about this before now? And so he's like. He says that he felt this is the first place it really worked because Allomancy is a very complicated magic system, and he wanted plenty of time for you to get used to it before delving into some of the more odd aspects. That's which, fair. yeah, gold is pretty odd in this uh, demonstration. Yeah, these chapters were good. I think we needed something after um, all the the chaos and drama of of the last last chapters really to have that open and honest discussion about where they stand now. I think we we needed it and the characters needed it and it was nice for that to, to happen. It's just awful that they go to a place where they just execute people, don't explain why, nothing, just they just do it. And he just, that Lord Ruler just sits there. And I was like, oh, this is so awful and dark and, yep, just, just terrible. So there's no no relief i guess for these guys it just keeps going now but it was a it was a good chapter to read and then yeah finally the ninth medal woohoo <laughs> we know what it is and it's nice to know that we kind of sussed it out a little bit earlier so that was that was kind of cool to see it in the end i i'm sure it's going to have some sort of application that's going to help vin and kelsia in down the track but I, I don't know how yet but i'm excited to find out yeah, you guys did kind of call it a little bit when, uh, you know, it's like, if Adium lets you see the future, the Ninth Metal must have something to do with the past. And it kind of does, at least they think so. Even they they didn't, Kelsier's like, yeah, we don't really understand how it works, but we think that this is... Yeah, it's kind of not in the not in the way you expect it to. I think we were, uh, were sort of focused on it being, you know, well, Adium lets you see a little bit into the future, so maybe this will just set you, like, a little bit into what happened in the past, but I thought it was really cool how it was like, this is what it could have been if you had done something different. Now you can't change it. But so you know, this is how it would have gone, possibly. 
Gold, gold is basically the what-if machine from Futurama. Yeah, it kind of is. And you can see why, like, <laughs> Kelsier in particular doesn't find it, consider it very useful, because it's like, okay, well, it's awkward and uncomfortable and doesn't get you anything, like, useful right now that I can do to, you know, fight the Lord Ruler. But we'll get there. We'll get there. What do you got, Joe? You you read it. You can't unread it. <laughs> Stay tuned for more tales of incest. Possibly, I don't know. No, there's incest. No, there. that was that was not. That, <laughs> that was not took at a turn. All. Oh no, there's no incest. It's not Game of Thrones. Okay, well that's too bad. Uh, hey, I okay. like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving on. I like these chapters. Uh, I like. You know, they felt short because there's not a whole lot of events taking place in them, but we get lots of information, which is what Joe likes. So, so I really enjoyed them. I liked getting to know that. Kelsier at least seems like he really is fighting for good. Gave me a lot of hope for his character that he's not going to turn evil. I, I liked getting to know about the Ninth Medal, of course. And I really enjoyed getting a little bit of behind-the-scenes information from Marsh. And um, he may be a spike face someday. Who knows? Ooh. You think they're going to have... They're going to spike up Marsh? That would be... I mean, it's possible. He's in the Inquisitor training... Uh, whatever club i don't know what you call that (laughs) (laughs) the canton of inquisition yeah 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 you know it's like he's on the quidditch team but he's in the inquisition team (laughs) (laughs) okay okay it's like they have to compete against each other they play sports yeah all those movies what was that movie where like where they were at google now playing quidditch against each other and owen wilson's just like what does this have to do with computers Oh yeah, were there interns at Google? I don't, yeah, I don't, know I don't remember that name. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't that have one. to look it up. I think it's like the internship. Yeah. They they compete. Is that the for... internship? Oh yeah, that's it is. Right. It's the internship. She's right. Good call. Uh, they they can compete for ska hooking. You know, who can <laughs> who can hook the most ska? Oh. Uh, Doc. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, uh, you guys need to have more of a sense of humor. I mean, this is well. This is it, a... It took me a minute to even remember the, the thing with the hook, and I was just like, so there's good, the, they're hookers with the ska? I don't know. <laughs> no. That's something else entirely. I'll make my own canton of Inquisition. <laughs> Blackjack and hookers. Forget the canton. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we do find out that, uh, that Marsh, this is our first confirmation where Marsh is like, no, they used to be human, is what I have figured out. Uh, so, you know, it could happen. Okay. Well, let's get into the specifics here. I, I like it at the beginning of these parts where the the epigraph is always just like really short. He's like, I'm I'm growing so very tired. You're like, we feel you, man. It's okay. Should we, should we also point out like the start of part four and has a new different name title thingy? I pointed out at the end of the last episode, but yes, we're in part four, Dancers in a Sea of Mist. That's uh, a lot different to the other names we've gotten so far. I was just thinking, like the first one was the Survivor. And I was trying to remember what the other what the other ones were. Now now, now we're gonna look. I'm gonna Children part of the Bleeding one. Sun. Rebels yeah. Beneath okay, the Sky of Ash is two. Mm-hmm. And so Children Beneath the Bleeding Sun must be three. So yep. Yep. The name of my new musical, Dancers in the Mist, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you making a musical about Diane Fossey? Yeah, sure. Oh sure. Yeah, girls, <laughs> girls in the Mist. Sure. I'm I'm following you. I understood that reference. It was logic. Damn it. <laughs> And then we get to see Vin having her hangover. Apparently, a hangover that has lasted two weeks, which would suck. Yeah, don't need that. I've never had a hangover, personally, but uh, it's, it doesn't sound fun for Vin here. 
And so they basically walked back over two weeks with uh, this whole group of people. Like, not only did she have a hangover, but she had to hike during it. Yep. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna suck. <laughs> and they kind of skip over that part, but I feel like they I feel like somebody probably would have caught them. I don't well, know. yeah, that's it. I I've been wondering about that myself because we find out that Ham is like, yeah, you know, the army went out that way and then hooked up with the remnants of the of the Valtru garrison. And I, I was like, they must have taken a really roundabout way back if this army that was heading in between the same two cities didn't find them. But I mean, the army. Yeah. And I feel like the timeline works out because we know that Ham also just got back. And so he walked all the way there with the army and all the way back in the time that it took them to get back, basically. I assume they walked. They said it takes two weeks by canal boat, and they clearly went about twice that fast, since it seems to have taken him a week each way. So I assume there's like a march or something. I guess, yeah, we just don't know enough about the geography of the area. Yeah, the map's not super helpful, although now now I want to bring up the map to... uh, Let's see, Final Empire map. Thank you, Google. Let's take a look here. You guys can't even see what I what I've just googled, but I'm looking at it. So, uh, yep, maps are great for podcasts. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, ooh, actually, so they attacked whole step. Here, I'm gonna share this link in our in our chat. You guys, Dak can't look at it, but everyone else can in the Skype chat. Hold on, let me pull it up. I'll just pretend. And anyone else can look at the map by searching for the Final Empire map. So it looks like you can see Luthadel in the middle, and then whole step is kind of like up to the north you actually have to go past Valtru to get to whole step it looks like so and i don't know how they could have gone very far around actually because there's lakes on either side it's like a almost like a pass that runs right in between these two lakes that is straight from one to the other so yeah it would have been hard to avoid so i was like oh that's how they avoided capture they did that whole thing of like how many people do they have left 200 they're all just hiding under the surface of the lake with those tubes those reeds <laughs> and they're using those to breathe that would be impressive <laughs> All 200, uh, uh, just know. doing that. Okay. <laughs> even got, it, it, this thing even has trusting labeled and the pits of Hathsin. So there's all sorts of fun... But, like, every single thing that we've heard of so far seems to be right in the middle of this map. And well, except for stuff like the Terrace Dominance, which is obviously, you know, way up north, as we've been described. But we haven't actually been there. We've just but read no, about yeah. it. We've only been to Luthadel. Yeah. There's Felice. We started at Trusting's Plantation. We've heard about the pits. I don't think there, there's been any scene at the pits or anything like that. No, not yet. So this whole book is taking place in a relatively small area. It's all in the in what's labeled on the map as the central dominance, pretty much. And the central dominance, if you compare it to the other ones, is like by far the smallest dominance, also. So it's very been a very limited book so far geographically, mostly within Luthadel, clearly. Anyway, I don't know how how we made the transition there from Vin getting in a bath and uh, thinking about how she <laughs> likes the the smell after all, and it's not so bad. <laughs> she still is annoyed by her long hair because it takes a lot of time to take care of which I can't relate to because I don't do long hair but can confirm thing. is annoying <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have Jamie here for those those feminine <laughs> insights like that uh, <laughs> and she goes down to talk to the rest of the crew clubs and docks and ham and breeze are all hanging out and they're discussing the plan Kind of like we were discussing the plan at the end of the last episode. And they're like, now what? Ham, yeah, Ham talks about the status of the plan and Breeze is like status. I would have said unfeasibility. Yeah, but that's is, Breeze. It's Breeze, but it's still fair because Vin very quickly points out. She's like, well, like, 
ninety percent of what we were doing was about this army, and now the army's gone. So she also asked for ale. To which Doxon's <laughs> Doxon's like, it's not even noon, and she's like, ale now, please. <laughs> and Ham's just laughing about it because he's like, oh yeah, pewter drag, huh? He's like, yep, I've I've been there. <laughs> we didn't really talk about it last time, but what do you guys think <laughs> about like this pewter drag ability where you can just run or I assume do other things that are just like way past your body's physical limits as long as you're using pewter for all of the energy. I mean, it makes sense, but you've got to be so careful. I mean, she's lucky that she's only got this drag. I mean, I know it's it's two weeks and it still sucks anyway, but. I mean, they they talk about, you know, don't lift anything that's too heavy. Like, if you run out of pewter, you could still die, like, if if you haven't Mm. really thought it through properly. So, I mean, it makes sense that you can do it. It also makes sense that there are consequences for doing it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when they stopped running, Kelsey was even like, no, don't stop burning your pewter because you will immediately pass out. And so that's... If you've run all night to fight an army, you don't want to pass out as soon as you get there. That's probably not going to help. Yeah, that's yeah. not helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they they touch on the same stuff that we did last time, where it's like, army's gone, what does this mean for the plan? And we eventually, we, we get to Dax, what Dax's prediction was, basically, is Kelsier's uh, take on the matter. But we'll get there here in a... Uh, so, yeah, they sent the part-time soldiers like Ham back. He got back last night, and they're leaving the garrison out for a while because like, apparently ha- the ham- army got Ham only out. just enlisted, and he's already been discharged. Really, it's nice for Ham. He got paid to like walk out there and walk back. Uh, <laughs> no fighting. Got paid to go on a nice stroll. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, we we kind of got the impression in the last chapter that the entire army was slaughtered in that scene that we saw. But it turns out that they kind of broke into groups and ran off in different directions. So the Luthadel garrison is out there looking for him and will be hunting them down maybe for months. Which feeds right into uh, that DAC prediction and Kelsier's plan here. Called it. <laughs> Not everything's a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you also called Ham staying with the army to like mislead them and stuff. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> you know, f- 50% is better than some of our predictions that we've done. So... <laughs> True. Once again, volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Kelsier shows up, and they're like, Kelsier, the job's done. The army's gone. He's like, oh, that was just one little piece of our plans. We don't, don't even worry about that. I guess he's had two weeks to think about it since we saw him with Menace, and he was thinking, you know, the job's done. How can we do this? And he made his decision to keep fighting. He's had two weeks to come up with excuses to give everybody else about why the job's not done. Yeah. <laughs> the walk back, he had a lot of time to think. Yeah. And then they have the I, I like the moment where he's just like, Don't soothe me, Breeze. Never soothe me. No one has said something like that to Breeze before, I don't think. There was a very similar conversation between Marsh and Vin at one point, but we've never seen someone just be like, Don't even Breeze. I'm not here for your shit. Well just yeah, I think just because Breeze again, he always relies on it to actually be told, No, if you can do that you can get fucked. He's just kinda of like <laughs> a he took that he took that really personally. Yeah. And because I know we've seen him, you know, be negative before, but this is the first time he's seen he got really heated about it. Yeah. So he's he's never been the one to just call other people on their shit, and that's what he's and since that's what he's doing now, it's like oh, okay, Breeze is actually pissed off this time, not just being you know like negative for shits and giggles. Well, and Breeze has you know some decent points here. Aside from the army not being there anymore, he's like, I don't think you ever wanted to, for us to get rich. 
you just uh, you're just trying to feed your ego or whatever, which they've all been saying and thinking sort of these kind of things for a while. And this is the moment where it's it's all out in the open. But he's not exactly wrong. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey tells them this like that's not really that's not what this is about, despite what you think. But we don't if, it, if, if it's not about that, we still don't know exactly what it is about. He accuses him of wanting to become a legend now. He's like, you've been rich. Now you just want to be like famous for being the most the biggest crew leader ever. And everyone's ashamed because Breeze is saying exactly what they were all thinking. And then Spook shows up, everyone's favorite character, to say, willing to care and upping to see. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Joe, what are the two words can't. we want to hear? Oh, man. Well, nobody's ever heard it because we keep cutting it out. But Spook is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Actually, when the newest episode goes up, you will find that I left it in. And despite the fact yes! that the word is used several times during the podcast, I, I took a special care to bleep it in that one instance because I thought it was funnier. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, that's probably a good plan. But anyway, yeah. Oh, Spook. I just I, uh, you know, it's fine. Because he, he he obviously is there for an important purpose at this point in the chapter. He takes us to the main event of these two chapters. Uh, so, I mean, obviously he was needed, I guess. But anyway. But it's also just like, uh, what can we say about this guy that we haven't already said? <laughs> yeah, we've given him a lot of uh, a, a lot of attention the last couple episodes. But but like, yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't he hasn't really done anything major. In that time, no. like, he, like his purpose is basically to show up and say, "Hey, shit's going down," and then yeah, and he, then to be awkward around Vin. <laughs> that yeah, that helps. Yeah, he's he's the lookout of the group. He's the tin eye, so he's the one up on up on lookout, watching for everything. So it makes sense that he's the, the first one to show up and be like, "Hey, something's happening." Yeah, did we know he was a tin eye before this? Uh, yes. Did we? All all the way back from his before his first appearance, when they decide that they're going to try to recruit clubs, Doxon tells Kelsier, oh, and I think he has a relative who's a Tenai. Do you want me to invite him, too? And Kelsier's like, yeah, sure. And that's why clubs and Spook both show up to the first meeting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, that was forever ago. <laughs> right. We're on, <laughs> this is episode 13, I think, so that's 13 weeks at this point. I've said it before. This is a really weird, rate, uh, weird way to read a book. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but fun. I'm, that, that's always my response. I'm just like, but it's awesome. Oh, oh it is. For me. <laughs> but yeah, it just uh, means like, like the occasional little detail like that. And it's like, <laughs> dude, that was like six world crises ago. I don't remember that. <laughs> that that's why I'm here to remember things for us because I've read this book like 50 million times already. So uh, <laughs> I can pick up on these things. And it doesn't tell us what's happening at first. Did you guys immediately jump to? Because all we get is, like, we're going to watch, and then Ham's like, I don't want to. I avoid these things for a reason. Did, did you guys predict what we were about to see, or what did you think? Honestly, I, I thought it was, like, the Lord Ruler was going to go out into the courtyard and give a speech, and they just kind of didn't want to be... Hammond was just like, I don't want to be at these things. It makes me feel weird. But, yeah, it was, it was a lot darker and... Um, <laughs> and worse Lord than Rule's speech. Gonna, Lord Rule's mm. going to give a speech, and he just goes on and on about the 5th century. I just don't care. <laughs> I think that the fact that he didn't make a speech makes it even worse. It's just like, come here, you you are literally only here to watch this. If he could make a speech, he'd even get out of his carriage. No, I know. <laughs> yep, couldn't be bothered. Yeah. 
And given that Ham is like, you know, I avoid these kind of thing, these things for a reason. It's pretty clear that this is not the first time or even the second or third or fourth time that this has happened in, you know, his lifetime. Like, this is a thing that just happens sometimes. Yeah, it's like the way he says that these things, like, it's just a natural occurrence of life. It happens every so often. Everyone knows it happens. It's like, oh, okay, another one. All right, let's go. So this is where Joe sings It Sucks to Be a Ska. <laughs> oh, uh, hold on. <clears throat> it sucks to be a ska. Yep, it, it definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially... In, uh, we're not, we're not reason, quite... I don't know why. I just imagined him being accompanied by someone on a kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that, actually. So. I, I was watching an episode of... Uh, this is off topic. I was watching an episode of Twin Peaks today, and they had kazoos, and I'm just very confused <laughs> why they had kazoos. Like, the music had kazoos, or the people in the episode were just playing kazoos? The people in the episode were just playing kazoos. Okay. I mean, it's, tw- it's Twin Peaks. It's true. Yeah, that's it's true. supposed to be weird for the sake of being weird, so... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's strange. I also like how Vin, Vin's like, oh, there's only one reason that they let the workers out of work in the middle of the day, and that's for the executions. So they work you unceasingly all day, unless you get a break to go and see people get executed. Yeah, it sucks to be a ska. We're we're moving on from, especially, especially because, well, we'll get there in a minute when, about the choice of who is getting executed here. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Luthadel is a great place. (laughs) And it's, it's the (laughs) law that all men have to show up to witness executions, which is such a weird, and if you don't show up to witness the executions and they find you, they kill you. That is the penalty for not showing up to watch people die, is they kill you instead. Or also, I guess, not in, not even instead. It's it's a... It's a in, a, in, in addition to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to make sure everybody's there, I guess. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if they drag you out and, like, up there and, like, hey, we'll just put you in the line with the rest of the people since you decided not to go. It's like, we're going to be here for a few hours. May as well just toss a few more onto the end. Yes, it was hours. Yeah. Of... It's, and it's not like it takes that long for each set. They're doing four people at a time. Oh, jeez. Okay, anyway. So, yes, everybody has to go to the executions. And they push their way through the crowd to one of the buildings right on the edge of the square. And then Dachshund bribes some guy to kick everyone off the roof and let them have the roof to themselves. <laughs> Which, you know. Awesome move. Yeah. It's that That's just, that's really baller of Dachshund. <laughs> he's like, he's just like, we're going to need the roof. Everybody get off. Just tackle everyone else over the edge for us, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. Like anyone would notice. I also like when they get up to the roof, Kelsier's first thing is like, smoke us clubs. It's, it's, I don't know why, but I find that to be like a very, I don't know, action movie or like just a cool one-liner where he's like, smoke us clubs. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to say that when they, when they burn down the palace. He's like, hey, clubs, smoke us. And then he puts on the sunglasses and then they're like, <laughs> yeah! Yeah, see, exactly. It's that kind of line. Yeah. And then the immigrant song kicks in. It's like, I come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> that would fit for taste, actually. That is true. I find out that the noblemen, for witness for watching executions, they get their own bleachers where they get to hang out. Like, uh, they're at, uh, she says, they're lounging as if they were watching a show or horse race. I was, I was waiting for the people walking around with, like, the snacks to sell. I was like, hot dogs, get your hot dogs here. <laughs> Peanuts, get your peanuts. 
Did you have servants holding up parasols against the ash to protect them while they're witnessing these things? I mean, that just seems practical. You're not wrong. (laughs) They also have commemorative pendants with ska blood inside them. Oh. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's that's dark. And uh, eight Inquisitors are here. And we, we, we talked about before how Kelsier said there's about 20 of them in the Empire and half of them are here at any given time. So it seems like eight is how many are hanging out in Luthadel right now. Unless some of them don't attend. I assume that they're all attending. Well, like the impression I got is like they said, all right, roughly 10 of them are in the city. So let's, assuming that there are, it's exactly 10, you know, just just make an assumption. There's eight here. I'm just like, okay, so presumably the other two are the ones going up, rounding up uh, the people who didn't show up to the executions and they're dealing with them. Well, could be, yeah. Let's see, let's see. All the Inquisitors are lined up and the Inquisitors... Or I'm sorry, all the Obligators are all lined up and the Inquisitors are there too. And uh, I also like... She says there's something distinctive about the posture of the Steel Inquisitors. Which, I don't know, maybe it's having like spikes through your face that... Uh... <laughs> Turns out they also have one through their spine. <laughs> they stand up really straight. <laughs> That's the only reason it's there, too, is for posture purposes. Yeah, yeah. No, they're like Wolverine. They've got spikes going all the way through their skeletal structure. Oof. And uh, Vin points out her dad, finally. And it's a very dramatic moment where Kelsier's like, that's your dad? Uh, And I, I, I... I like the note that, like, nobody else can tell what they're talking about. Like, Dachshund's like, who? I can't see. Because Vin and Kelsier and Spook all have tin to enhance their vision, and everyone else is just standing on the roof like, what are you What are you people talking about? We didn't bring binoculars. But it turns out that her dad is the leader of the ministry. Like, the most high-ranking obligator, even above the Inquisitors. The Lord Prelan, as he's called. Have we or heard of this it? guy before? Tavidian? I don't think that well now now i'm gonna search the book for it but i think this is the first time the name comes up yeah i don't i don't yeah. remember reading that name before but come yeah. on guys we all know that's not a real dad right <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you on that no this is the first time the name's mentioned okay honestly i just forgotten about the fact that she'd mentioned she'd seen her father by this point so much has happened and then she brought it up i'm just like oh yeah that is a thing that happened yep yep she saw him at a party or the very first party she went to i think if i'm remembering correctly I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen my dad at a party. With I don't her, think with... you probably have, no. No. Unless it was a family event. like Well, uh, yeah. Christmas like a, I'm thing. not talking about like a birthday party. I'm talking like a, you know, like a, a ball, a party. <laughs> have you ever been to a ball? <laughs> yeah. What kind of ball? Uh, a debutante ball. All right. I'll allow it. Yep. That, well, that is the sort of thing that you would expect parents to be at. You'd think, but yeah, not my dad. There's reasons. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't my. It wasn't my debutante ball. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was, oh, I was gonna I say. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> everyone's learning new things about Joe. He's disappointed yeah. at the lack of incest, and he had a debutante ball. No, uh, I didn't say I was disappointed. I just thought maybe <laughs> you, you it was totally gonna did. happen. You're like, oh, it's not there. Oh, I said it's not Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, but yes, her dad is super important. Kind of makes sense, given how powerful she is, and it's supposed to like be a whole bloodline thing. Or maybe her dad's even more important than that, if Joe's theory is correct. It could be. It could be. Yeah, I just... I, I'm i running on the assumption that like, Rain either lied or was wrong. Or <laughs> that may just... be his dad, and he thinks it's both of their dads. That's also possible. Yeah. Mm. 
I mean, to believe that the Lord Ruler never got down, I mean, that's just plain gullibility. <laughs> oh, I like the, the, the deep dogma cut there. I don't know how many people will recognize the Chris Rock voice, but that was good. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in so long. I really yeah, should. I mean, neither have I, but that's one of the reasons because it's not on streaming. I've got a yeah, DVD. That's like one of the Smith movies that you cannot stream. Well, and I don't. It's also like they didn't put it out on. Is it is it on Blu-ray? Like, there's a whole thing where it, it's not out because Weinstein owns the rights to it. And oh, that's it for right. Anything. It is on Blu-ray. You can get it on Blu-ray. But yeah, it's like that's the one that's personally owned by Weinstein, and uh, he's like, nope, we're not doing anything with that. Physical media is forever by Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> laser disc. I like how how Kevin Smith really loved laser disc and was so sure it was going to win the format war. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so then the Lord Ruler shows up, right? Uh, Kinda. Spook's like, look, and you you understood that, right? He he said, look, it, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah, he didn't say like wasn't with the look. He said, look, <laughs> <laughs> looking with the is. And then, well, and then he says he's coming in a whisper, and crouches down beside Vin, like, oh, I gotta get out of the way in case he sees me. It's like, it's like that's that's how scary the Lord Ruler is. He's so scary he makes spooks speak normally. <laughs> he scared the slang out of him. <laughs> and so there's a black carriage drawn by a pair of massive white stallions, moving with a sense of inevitability. And Vin's just like, yeah, if somebody fell under that, they would just keep going. They wouldn't give it at all. And Breeze is impressed uh, because the Lord Ruler is soothing tens of thousands of people at once. And he's like, I could, I can get up to like a couple hundred on my best day. And Spook continues to speak normally. He says, it makes me want to fall, to just let go. So he, he did. He had the, the slang scared out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsier tries to, you know, counteract the Lord Ruler's power with among his friends and when Vin realizes she kind of helps although we found out later in the chapter she's like oh yeah I stopped that at some point uh, and he kept going which I, I thought was kind of a dick move but because she sees at this point that Kelsey are struggling to keep their emotions up and she's like oh I better help and then at some point she just forgets to keep helping well uh-huh. it's a lot going on yeah and I read that more as like it was kind of hard for me to keep going so I kind of just edged off that's how I read it but maybe maybe she is just a jerk <laughs> I think she's a teenage girl watching thousands of people get like get executed in front of her, and like, yeah. a, and a god is sitting down there in a carriage. She's probably freaked the fuck out. And I also like it's a small note here, but while Vin and Kelsier have been using their tin so far, Spook has not been brave enough to turn his tin on until he's like, Uncle, you really the burn, right? Uh, and Club is like, Yeah, 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 you're safe. It's fine. And uh, they don't recognize anyone in the carts full of people being taken to be executed. Ten huge carts full of uh, prisoners. And they think that, you know, it's captured soldiers or something. Uh, until Kelsier says that it's mostly women and children. And Ham's like, the families of soldiers? And Kelsier's like, no. They wouldn't have taken time to identify dead Ska. And Ham's like, well, then. And Breeze has to tell him they're random people. They are random people chosen to be executed to punish the Ska for harboring rebels. And Kelsier's like, no, it's not even that. The Lord Ruler probably doesn't know or care that they came mostly from Luthadel, this rebellion. He probably assumes it's like all the other rebellions out in the countryside thing. He just wants to remind everybody who's in charge. 
Yeah, it's kind of just uh, we make an example and then you all spread the word. This is what happens. This is what happens, Larry. Uh, <laughs> wow. This is what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. Yeah. So it's yeah. It there's no announcements made. They don't even. They never explain to anyone apparently why these executions are happening. They just execute like hundreds of people and make everybody watch. And honestly. I think their system for making sure everyone watches is kind of ingenious because they have it, it, this seems to be designed specifically for this purpose because you know you're you're packing like tens of thousands of people into the square to watch the execution how are they going to see really from you know so far away they have these fountains that spray the water up into the air that are designed with four little bowl shaped things and are on a 5 foot high pedestal and they chop heads off and send the blood into the fountains, so the fountains start running red. It's very dramatic and ingenious <laughs> and really messed up. Mm-hmm. Of all the Lord Ruler's plans over this thousand years, this seems to be the most effective. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently he's as dramatic as Kelsio. Oh, yeah. It really is about the drama of the thing. It's... Because it's it's not even like 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 it says it's not, he doesn't even say like there was a rebellion and this is what happens it's just like watch watch and remember that I can do this to any of you anytime and the four inquisitors start chopping four of the inquisitors start chopping off heads with obsidian axes and I was like this got like they've got to have some really good muscle control because they're at this for hours their arms get really tired well we know they can burn pure uh, too right yeah, yeah I guess. And Spook wants to know why Kelsier doesn't do something to save them. As if that would work. He's going to go down there and fight eight Inquisitors and the Lord Ruler. Although it makes you wonder what the Lord Ruler would do if somebody showed up and started to fight. Is, does he just tell his carriage to take off? or? Yeah, would he actually bother to get out? I mean, he probably wouldn't need to get out. He could probably just use enough allomancy from inside the carriage to do whatever he really wanted. We still don't know. We still haven't seen him. Haven't seen him do anything personally. It's an interesting... So- what are you saying? It's an Oz situation? It's like, pay no attention to the man in the carriage. Honestly, like, I wasn't going to say <laughs> it just yet. I was going to save it for later, but that is where I'm getting at this. Uh, I think that the Lord Ruler, like, I think he is powerful, but I don't think he's... Honestly, I don't think he's mobile. I get this impression of this old, decrepit man who's, like, basically tied to an iron lung. He's got all his um, allomancy powers, but he doesn't have any basic motor functions anymore. He's just sort of held, laid out on a stretcher. I think the original the original plan for the Star Wars movies was Emperor Palpatine was just going to be like a puppet, and Darth Vader and the Moffs were going to control the Empire, and I think that's what's happening here. The Lord Ruler is a figurehead, and he has the allomancy, and he can roll that out when he needs to, but I think the real control of the Empire is in the hands of the Inquisitors. Hmm. Well... We do know that at least one regular old obligator outranks them. Maybe, maybe he's, he, yeah, he might be the guy who has the the ultimate power in this situation. Everyone thinks it's the Lord Ruler, and they're all focused on that, but no one's paying attention to the guy with who's got real control. So maybe Vin's dad is the Lord Ruler behind the Lord Ruler, and then Joe could be right and wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, just the fact that. The Lord Ruler didn't get out of his carriage. Makes me think there's a reason we haven't seen him at all. I mean, you could make the argument it's like, you know, gods don't need to be seen by the people. But if if that was the case, why did he come down at all? Like, why do they have this carriage and say, oh, the the Lord Ruler's definitely in there. You can't look in there, but he's definitely there. Believe us. (laughs) 
Something about it is very suspicious to me. I'm trying to find if there's any uh, indication of uh, if they could see anything in the carriage. I don't remember offhand. Uh, the only thing that is said in the chapter is that Vin thinks she can see the, his silhouette in the carriage, mm-hmm. but that's as much as she can see. So, yeah, I don't know. Dak may have something going here. It, I agree. It seems uh, odd that, you know, he comes all the way down and doesn't bother to get out. Of course, then he'd have to walk among the hoi polloi. Who kind of, what kind of god emperor does that? <laughs> Walking? That wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, just think of think of like in 300 when Xerxes is carried up on that big palanquin, and then when he steps down to the ground, the slaves form a staircase of their backs so that he can walk down. Maybe the Lord Ruler will just stand on the backs of some scars, like now walk forward. That that would be appropriately dramatic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, can't even bother to do that. God, that was a weird sentence. But yeah, I, I think he's I think he's tied to an iron lung or something. Maybe the carriage is just like his his incubation chamber or something. I don't um, hear gasping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you had me thinking about the Big Lebowski again with the guy in the iron lung. It's that same scene. As oh um, yeah. yeah. So oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I planted that early on specifically to put that in your head. I'm 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 that uh, underhanded. Okay, so here's where Kelsier gets his big speech, and he he points out to the nobility and is like, "Look how terrible they are. They're laughing at what's happening. Can you really tell me they don't deserve to die by my blade?" It's very dramatic. It's very Kelsier. This whole thing. Justice. And he admits that he wanted to grab the Adium to, like, help support the new government, basically. And he he goes uh, he goes off on this, on this whole thing where he's like, Yedin's gone. He was our excuse to pretend to be thieves while doing something good. We don't have that excuse anymore, so now we have to admit what we're really doing and that it's about stopping this horrible thing that's happening. And he tells them they can leave, but if you leave, the war is still happening and it's been happening for a thousand years, you'll just be ignoring it. And even, there's a really, uh, there's a really nice moment in here that I'm now trying to find, where he points out that, like, he's like, I recruited you specifically, Ham, Breeze, Dachshund, and Clubs, because you have reputations for honesty, even charity, and that I had to have people who actually cared if this plan was going to, uh, about people, if this was going to succeed. Which fits with, all the way back at the beginning of the book, when Kelsier shows up in town and he tells Dachshund who he wants to have at the meeting, his the smoker that he suggests is dead. Dachshund's like, yeah, they got him. And Dachshund suggests somebody else. And Kelsier says, no, he's a good smoker, but he's not a good enough man. And this kind of brings that full circle to let us know what he was talking about finally. So what do you guys think of his big, his, his big moment here? It was a good speech. Uh, this is kind of what I've been waiting for from Kelsier. Some kind of confirmation, at least from his own lips, even if it ends up not being the truth, that he had something more altruistic in mind, mind something, uh, some kind of major goal that was more than just his own ego, more than being a thief, which, you know, I feel like we're kind of led to believe that from the beginning, but then there, we take so many twists and turns with him where his actions make him seem to be pretty despicable 
but he's at least saying here to his crew members, like, look, I, I know I, I kind of lied to you from the outset, but that's because this was too important for me to ignore. This was too important to the to the world for me to risk you saying no to me at the beginning. And now he's saying I'm being upfront about it. And if you want to leave, I understand. But you know, this this and, you know, he points to the execution. This is what has to stop. So this is the kind of thing I was looking for from Kelsey or so. I'm glad that we're getting it. If it if it ends up not being true, that'll be that'll be too bad. But for now, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think um, Joe earlier on said that he's, he's given back hope, and I think that's what I really took away from this. It was like, no, you you are a good guy. You are really trying to do this for the right reasons and try and make a better place. So yeah, I think this was a really good moment for his character and for the other characters. Like finally, they can sort of be on the same page again. It picks them up, but it also brings them back together and having a little bit of faith in Kelsier. He's not he's not just trying to be this this leader or, or, you know, the next Lord Ruler, which is something I think we were all a bit afraid of with how he was behaving. But he really he really does still care and, you know, the 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 most important part of this plan is to to help the scar. It's not about the money, it's not about the adium. Every other reason they've got is gone. But I think you know, we finally have a little bit of faith back in Kelsey, which is is really important. So, I think it was a very good moment. It's good. I, it's good his speech landed home with ever uh, all of us reading it because uh, I think it's this is an important moment in the book. And if it didn't land with you, then it would uh, not be very effective moving forward. So that's good. He also says as a follow up, he's like, "Look, you guys have to stop questioning me." Because everyone has been having these whispered discussions and Breeze brought it up to his face that they're like, you are like building yourself up so much, you and the 11th medal and all this stuff, it, that it seems like it's about you. And these are actually concerns that he still never answers. He doesn't explain it. All he says is, if you're going to stay, you have to stop that. You have to just trust me. So I don't know. Uh, do you guys think – what? there's something deeper here that he doesn't want to explain is the way I'm reading it. But I don't know if anybody else is getting that. Yeah, I yeah. Well, there's always another secret. <laughs> yeah, I I still hold to my prediction that he will become a villain at some point. But I think this like this this is an excellent speech, and it's definitely motivated by the right intentions. I think it's again similar to ha- what happened to the Lord Ruler. I believe that he becomes a bad guy by trying to do the right thing, and he re- and he will remain convinced that he is doing the right thing, and that's going to lead to him doing horrible things in the name of justice like he's already done some i think this is a good speech and it shows that like yes at the core of it he does want to be a good person but what he does as a result of that and he and just the fact that he yeah he's still just saying like you have to trust me it's like well you're just asking for trust like you need like trust is a two-way street you need to give it a bit and you're not and you're not asking you're not you're not saying i'm going to trust you back you're like demanding you're demanding Oh, I can't think of the right word. He's fealty almost. Like you're just gonna have yeah. to trust me. Deference. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like I'm not gonna explain it. You just have to trust me. And it's like, well, you got to give a bit for that. And while it's a it's a good speech and it happened at a very convenient event, I guess it doesn't seem like he's giving back what he's asking them to give him. Mm. I still believe Kelsia wants to be a good person and will do whatever he can to try and be a good person, but it's going to lead to some, I still think it's going to lead to 
a point where he just you know what's the, what's the thing is like they keep doing these things and they can't tell where the line is anymore that that's Kelsier. Mm. I sort of read this a little bit as like yeah he's saying you guys have to just trust me but it's the you also can't question me sort of thing that yeah. doesn't sit so well with me like they should yeah yes there's trust and that's that's one thing but if they have got concerns about something they should also be able to come to him and go hey dude you're behaving like a real regular lord ruler over here like what the hell's going on his crew should be able to come to him with those concerns and it's it feels a little bit now like he's just shutting them down and it's like nah you're right like you're either in or you're out you you must trust me and i will do regardless of how you feel about what i'm doing I'm going to do it anyway, and you guys have to just deal with it. So I think that the the speech is great. The, yes, you have to trust me. Like, guys, I am on your side. You know, that was that definitely had a place. And, yes, there has to be trust. But if they don't understand why he's behaving the way he's behaving, that trust isn't going to come. And especially when they're now told, you don't even ask me about it, don't question me that doesn't sit right, I don't think. Because now they have to go into it knowing that, well, they can't come to him if they're concerned about his behaviour. Like, they also don't know where exactly this is going because he's still not fully divulging the plan. Like, he's got to give them something to go off here because, yeah, what happens when they do realise that he's descended into madness and they've walked down this, this hole with him because they've just had to blindly trust what he's doing? Yeah, it's never a good sign when the boss is like, you are not allowed to ask me questions. So, yeah, it, there's a worrying aspect there. And I feel like, to, to, to Dak's point about the parallels between Kelsier and the Lord Ruler here, we just, I don't know if it was last chapter or the one before that, when the journal entry from the Lord Ruler from back in the day is like, I still feel pain when I see tears in some child's eyes. And when I've lost that, I'll know that, you know, I'm really too far gone to be saved or something like that. And then this chapter, the Lord Ruler sits there and apparently ordered and watches the execution of a bunch of children who did absolutely nothing. And in one of those same epigraphs, he's like, you know, nobody dies by my hand, but I wish there had been another way. And so it really does give that impression of this guy who went so far that he lost track of the line between right and wrong at some point. And Kelsier yeah. maybe maybe is going that same direction. Yeah, I think the Lord of Islam is like like when people die by my hand, it's because they have to. I wish there was another way, but there isn't. That's it, that's it's that's just an uncomfortable phrasing. Like it means like when you kill, you, you've brought all these people out to the plaza and you're chopping heads of women and children off right here, and you still believe by your own admission you believe that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, and he, he, he has had a thousand years of experience with different governing forms at this point and tried yeah. some different things and thinks this is the best way to go. So you almost wonder if maybe he knows something that we don't and has a point there, but it doesn't seem like that's possible. Yeah. Like a massive Sinestro situation. The most terrifying villains are the ones who are convinced they are doing the right thing. Mm. And then we come to Dak's prediction paying off the very next chapter where he's like, hey, docs, look at those city gates. What do you see? And he's like, well, nothing. They're a bit understaffed, but why? Why are they understaffed, Doxon? Because <laughs> the garrison is gone. <laughs> it's a great scene between these two. And he's just like, yep, they're going to be gone for months. So look, part of our plan was getting the garrison out of town. 
And honestly, if you go back to when they were first coming up with the plan, aside from the part about the Lord Ruler uh, and trying to find a way to take care of him, this was everybody's biggest issue. They're like, the garrison is there, and there's no way for us to get around them. How can we possibly get rid of the garrison? Well, here we go. It's done. <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, it costs them a whole lot, he says. And he even says, I wish to the forgotten gods that those boys hadn't died. Which I think is the first time we've heard that particular uh, expression, the forgotten gods. But It is, but from what Sazed has um, yeah. talked about in the past, it's like not at all surprising that that is a phrase. Yeah, well, and especially because the people on our crew are always swearing like by the Lord Ruler and stuff, and it kind of bothers Kelsier that they consider him a god to the point that they even swear by him. So he would be looking for something else to say. He's like, I'm, I'm, I gotta make it catch on. I'm taking it back. But it's, it's also interesting given his conversation with Says, like he doesn't believe in any gods, does he? Mm, definitely doesn't seem like it. No. So, like, yeah, I think that's he's saying that it's, it's a lot for their benefit, so they can hear the fact that you can actually swear by something else. I think, yeah, I think he's saying that's just like just as an, another little nudge there to them. It's like it's like Lord Ruler isn't the be all end all, guys. It's just a subtle way of throwing that in there. Mm-hmm. And so they start working on the new version of the plan where they've still got 2,000 guys left. They're going to recruit some more, get them in town. And uh, we come to something that if you go back and read, I don't know if it was if uh, it ever felt super clear, but it's mentioned or implied several times what what the point that Kelsier makes here where Ham's like, but the garrison is going to come back and they're going to have to fight them. And he's like, what is it that you're always saying about those garrison guys, Ham? And then Ham's like, that they're mercenaries. And so Kelsier's like, yep, once we have the Lord Ruler's money, we get his army also. And so, yeah, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but there are several little things dropped throughout previous chapters when they've discussed this, that that was pretty much always Kelsier's plan, that they would be using this money to bribe those guys to work for them. Which makes makes complete sense, yeah. With the way that that ham has described them to us. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they're, they're developing a new plan. Everybody's on board again. And, uh, it says the crew seemed to grow more confident, but Vin turned back to the square, to the fountains that ran so red, they seem completely full of blood. And, uh, Oh, this is where Joe mentions. It's like with her tin, she could barely see a silhouetted figure inside the Lord rulers jet black carriage. So yeah, she's, uh, She's not quite as on board because she's like, that's we have we still haven't figured out how to beat that guy, the guy from the logbook. And then we get into a much longer epigraph than the previous one, where uh, the Lord Ruler finally figures out why Rashek hates him so much, and it's because he thinks that the Hero of Ages should be some Aterrasman. And I like the little line that he's like, he thinks that I wear the piercings of the Hero unjustly. So it's interesting that we we hear that the Lord Ruler wears like jewelry as part of his fashion thing to get the nobleman to wear metal or whatever. And then here we find out that he has the piercings of the hero, quote unquote. So those things feel to me like they kind of go together. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I don't know. This is like the first time we've really gotten any kind of physical description of anything about the Lord Ruler. So That's true. We know almost nothing about this guy, despite yeah. all everything everyone says about him. Yeah we, yeah, we know a lot about what goes on inside his head. But we still, like, we don't know what he looks like. We don't know. Yeah, we know nothing. Like, we can't, I can't paint a picture of the guy. 
Yeah. We have some of his history that he, you know, started out as a shepherd and became like a king or something. And but yeah, we don't know. You can't picture him. Yep. Okay, so we move into the second chapter, into twenty-seven, and I like that. Apparently, after everyone was dead, the Lord Ruler and the Obligators just leave and leave all the corpses piled up there. Ugh. Yeah, it's kind of gross. I give you one guess: who has to clean that up? Does it start <laughs> to be a scar or dust? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well. Actually, the thing that I thought about, like, the really concerning thing is, like, they're just leaving all this out in the plaza, and we know life for the Scar absolutely sucks, and there are homeless Scar living on the streets there who probably don't have access to a lot of food, so... I see where you're going with this. Like, not a pleasant thought. Not a pleasant thought at all, but try and tell me that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. I hadn't even considered that. My thoughts were more like... You know, all these all these ska are off at the factories or whatever working, and while they're working, somebody went around rounding up women and children to execute, and then made all the men show up. So imagine like seeing your family roll by in one of these cages. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, it's not nice. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna skim past the cannibalism and uh, hope that they have a a better uh, system within the city for taking care of these things. We live in hope. Yeah, well, so they're starting to plan, uh, you know, in some more detail how the new plan is going to go. And basically, they need to focus on some recruiting and some training, and they need to focus on the noble houses more. Really get them going at each other, which includes bringing Breeze and Docks in to start, you know, pretending to be noblemen in a more limited capacity. And they have to take out the biggest house, the really important ones. And I like everyone turns and looks at Vin and she's like, what? <laughs> it's House Venture, Vin. Whisper, whisper. It's the most powerful. I have to talk to your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and she's still she's like, they're not all bad. And she even notes at the execution like she's she looks and she sees that, you know, not all the noblemen were amused by what's happening. Like several people seemed kind of upset about it, including Ellen. And so she's like, you know, they're not they're not all bad people, these nobles. And Kelsey's like, well, yeah, but Strathventure's super bad. And he's the head of that house. So you can't really use that argument here. I do like that she like she notes like, oh, you wanted me to stay away from Elend until it all of a sudden it became <laughs> necessary for you, you dick. <laughs> you know, plans change. It's uh yeah, it is funny. That is the exact opposite of what they kept telling her this whole time. And then Saze shows up, and he's early, and he uses that to chide Kelsier and be like, I try to make a habit of it, Master Kelsier. <laughs> I fucking love Saze. <laughs> yeah. He's the perfect, like, snarky but polite uh, servant. <laughs> yeah. And Kelsier's excuse is, if you're always on time, it implies you never have anything better you should be doing. Which is so Kelsier. And apparently, our 2,000 men are hiding in Renew warehouses at the moment. But they're going to kind of sneak them back into Luthadel. I'm gonna keep recruiting, and uh, somebody's and Breeze is like the people should be angry about the executions and more willing to listen to us. Which, while it makes sense, that's true. It's kind of funny because last week somebody was like, well, after people heard hear what happened to that army, they're gonna be much more hesitant to be recruited. And now it's exactly the opposite of that, according to Breeze. Yeah, I get the feeling like he 
he doesn't think long term very very well. It's like like one event happened. Well, no one's going to listen to us. Another event happens. Everyone will listen to us. <laughs> Dude, just yeah. You have people that are like, no, 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 I'm not going to risk doing that. Possibly my family will get taken if I'm found out and all these things. So they're like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. And then you'll have the other side that are fueled by it and go, no, something has to be done. So mm. it could go either way. Well, I mean, you'll probably have people who go, no, my family might get taken. And then you have the other side of people who go, my family already was taken. Mm. Yeah. Nothing to lose at that point. Yep. So, yeah, okay. We, we get a note from Marsh. And it's, uh, we're going to have a meeting. And Kelsier ends this little planning session by saying, in two months, I want this city so tense that when it finally breaks, even Lord Ruler won't be able to hold it together. And Gosh, then... Humpty Dumpty on this shit. Well, yeah. And I like that the next thing is Vin just straight up saying, she's like, there's something else about this plan that you're not telling us, isn't there? And Kelsier's like, well, why, why would you ask something like that? <laughs> I was expecting to go, did we not just talk about not questioning me? Yeah, yeah. But for her, it's more about the Lord Ruler and how ridiculously powerful he is. And they have the conversation that I think was also overdue, where she's just like, is the 11th medal real? Are those legends that you were talking about real, or are you lying? And he's like, wow, you're a really blunt girl, then. And she says, I know. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so I we talked about at least once or twice... Is the 11th metal real? Are these legends real? Because Sazed had never heard of them. Straff Venture had never heard of them. And he apparently makes it a point to know these kind of things. And so Kelsier seems to have showed up out of nowhere with this magical thing that no one's ever heard of that's going to defeat the Lord Ruler. And I think at the time, maybe it was when Straff Venture mentioned it that we talked about it, that you guys mostly felt he was probably telling the truth. So are, 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 is that still the page that we're on, that this is a real thing? Well... The impression that I got when he said, like, it took him a while to find it, it's like, all right, putting the pieces together, he was out in the northern dominances, and the terrorists make a point of saving all these histories and whatnot. I feel like he went he went out to terrace and he spoke to other keepers, maybe, who recorded these legends that the Lord Rules had expunged, and that's where he's gotten a hold of it. So, I think that's where mm. it's all come from. But what, what about the other two? Y- y'all also think this is a real thing? I think so. I think I'm definitely on the side that it's, it is real. What it will do yet, obviously not sure, but, um, do I hear volcanoes? (laughs) (laughs) Look, maybe, maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe the Lord Ruler will become a volcano or something when they use it on him. I have no idea. But, um, (laughs) I, yeah, I, I, I think that, after everything that's just happened and what Kelsey has been talking about too, I think it would be pretty crappy move to then be like, ha, psych, I was joking all this time. Like enough time <laughs> has passed and enough rumors and things have come. Like I, I think, I think he's telling the truth and I think he doesn't know what to do with it. Like, I think that's also true. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's, he's telling the truth. Um, and, and, I had a theory before that maybe it grants allomantic powers to people. I, I really want that to be the case, but I've got a feeling in the back of my mind or that, that that's not really what it's going to do. I did, I did find it interesting that he thinks he could find how the 11th metal works 
in uh, the Lord Ruler's logbook because that that would pretty much tell us that Kelsier thinks the Lord Ruler knows about the eleventh metal. Mm. So if he's looking for clues in the logbook on how to make it work, that's kind of what made me think. Well, maybe you know that was the original source of the Lord Ruler's power is this eleventh metal. So I don't know. It's just something something different and interesting about it that I I think it's true and I. I hope that I'm right about it, but I, I have a sense that I'm I may be a little bit off. I mean, so. it, it could be because like the the two main things about the Lord Ruler we know is like he lives forever, and he at least at the start granted people their alimantic abilities. So if he had the eleventh yeah. medal, that could have easily been how he done how he did it. So right, yeah, yeah that's what made me made me kind of put that together as well. Said, how did he grant alimantic powers? Outside of maybe him being controlled by the deepness, maybe the deepness is the source of those powers. But yeah, maybe it was the eleventh metal. I don't know. Yeah. Turns out the last line in the logbook is, "It turns out trees really can think." <laughs> <laughs> or the last line is like, "And then there was a volcano." <laughs> <laughs> Kelsier ends up, you know, he tells her that, yes, he's telling the truth, and he feels like even if this final medal, or the 11th medal, rather, doesn't do what he thinks it will, that the Lord Ruler won't be as big a problem as Vin thinks. And Vin is not so sure, because she feels like she could feel him even when she was burning copper and shouldn't have been able to. And Kelsier's like, nah, that's not, no, that, that ain't right. Well, that could just be, um... There's a thing in the Dresden Files about one of the enemies who is 2,000 years old, and it's like now normally throwing knives is not an effective way to kill someone, but when you've had 2,000 years to practice, you're probably going to get pretty good at it. Maybe it's the same with the Lord Ruler's Alamancy. He's just had a thousand years to practice at it, so he's just gotten a lot better than anyone else has. Mm-hmm. Yep, he would have time to find all the ins and outs and practice all day every. You know, he could spare just like in that scene in the Dresden Files where he's like. You know, he, this guy could have spared a day every couple decades to throw, stand around in the yard throwing swords at stuff to until he got his technique down. Lord Ruler yeah. could have just, you know, spent a whole day burning pewter or whatever to you, every once in a while. And, yeah, just to figure out, like, a couple of other little tricks. Yeah. And we found out that Kelsier hasn't even tried the 11th medal yet, because if it's wrong, it might kill him to try and burn it. Which is probably the smartest decision Kelsier has ever made. Oh, yeah, that's... Like, that's a lot of impulse control for uh, for Kelsier in our experience here. Admirable restraint. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to die. I've got stuff to do. <laughs> he almost ran down to fight that whole army in the last section. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take take on a whole army? No biggie. Burn this metal? I don't know what it does. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> and I like the line that Kelsier says. I wonder what I've unleashed upon the world by teaching you Alamancy. Of course, my trainer said the same thing about me. And Vin goes, he was right to worry. And Kelsier says, well, of course he was. <laughs> just. I wonder if, like, Kelsier's trainer will show up. Like, let's let's say this plan comes off, they topple the Empire, and Kelsier's trainer just walks into the city. He's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what have you done? I leave for five minutes. I was in the bathroom for five minutes, and what happened? Apparently he's a crazy old man, according to Kelsier, so who knows what he's up to. Maybe he really did spend all that time in the bathroom. Yeah. Old guy, old men, you know, they take forever, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, and then we get was, some uh... more description of Ferrochemy. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say something stupid. You go. <laughs> so 
<laughs> we find out that uh, Vin kind of tricks Kelsier into thinking that she knows more about ferrochemy than she does. And so she's like, hey, yeah, will you give me some more information on that? And Kelsier is not nearly as interested in keeping it as a secret as Sazed was. So he's like, oh, yeah, here, let me let me tell you all about ferrochemy. <laughs> so you can they can store strength and endurance and eyesight just like uh, allomancy powers that we get. But they can also get stuff like memory, physical speed, clarity of thought, physical weight, physical age. So I don't know. Do you guys see that being useful in any way? I mean, in my brain, physical speed, that makes a lot of sense. That could be hella useful. Clarity of thought, maybe. Is, is storing your weight or your age going to help you in any way? Well, this could go a long way to explaining why the Lord Ruler has been around for a thousand mm-hmm. years. Like, if he's cracked one of... If he's cracked that secret of storing your age, maybe that's how he survives for so long. Well, but with Ferrochemy, the way Kelsier explains it is, like, you have to... If you want to be twice as strong for an hour, you have to spend two hours storing up 50% of your strength or whatever. I don't know how that would work with age. Like, if you want to be... Well, no, but five like, years younger, you have to be five years older for a while. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know how all that works, but I, it goes back to what I said a few episodes ago about the Lord Ruler and Alamancy could be a corrupted version of Ferrochemy. So maybe Lord Ruler's uh... cracked some some different method of like what started as their age storing process and like converted it somehow into another means. Maybe that's the twelfth metal. I don't know. The eleventh metal might keep you young. Because it's corruption of this version of Ferrochemy. I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I still suspect that Alamancy is the Lord Ruler's experimenting with Ferrochemy and turning it into like a completely different set of powers. Like they have their same roots, but it, it, it like, yeah, I think Alamancy is the orc to the, to the Ferrochemy's elves. Tolkien reference. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, I like where you're going with that. So does 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 one of the metals also make you super heavy? Like this is this is the metal that makes you fat. That would be. <laughs> Look, I'm not ruling it out. Yeah, I almost thought of maybe that was like you could correlate that with a push and pull. It's like something that's heavy or light. Oh, okay. I kind of see where you're going with that. Yeah. And other than that, other than the weird little uh, details, he doesn't tell us much that we didn't already pick up from Sazed about. They don't burn their metals. The energy doesn't come from their metals. Uh, we do find out that you can only access a store of energy that you created. You can't, like, take someone else's metal mines and use them. That's fairly cool. It, that's That sort of makes me think anything you can do, you need to put in the hard work first. Like, yeah, it's, it's true. A, it, it's, it, it's, it's actually a very... Um, I can't think of the word. A good, good metal, a good form of magic. It's like you, you put, you got to put in the work in order to get the benefit. Very balanced. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, the one other little detail he gives us is that an alamancer can only burn pewter to become so strong, but there are no limits on ferrochemy. If you store up enough strength, you can be five times as strong as normal six, seven, eight, whatever. So you could be super badass if you uh, stored the right things. I, 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 I like to think about, you know, if you could store if you could store speed and strength, then you could be super strong and super fast and win pretty much any fight, I think. Although he does point out that Adium still has the advantage over that. So there's no, Ad, like, Adium never came into Ferrochemy at all? 
Well, actually, no. That, I guess um, if it only comes out of this one particular spot in the world in the pits of Hatherston, which the terrorists don't have ac- access to, no, of course, it never would come into ferrochemic disregard. Well, and I mean, we don't know that necessarily because it might be that adium is used to store something. It's just very different from how it's used in Alamancy. Well, that's it. Like, says like this is part of Say's culture, and he's just like, well, I'll tell you a bit. I'm not going to tell you everything. Uh, and then in the meantime, she asks Kelsey about it. It's like, oh yeah, let me tell you all about this other dude's culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kelsey doesn't care about other culture <laughs> secrets. Nope. Kelsey secrets. That's one of the uh, I, like, I like to just call out the references. It so takes all the joy out of it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Kelsier points out that it doesn't matter how fast you are, if uh, you or how strong you are, rather, if you know if the somebody's burning at him and knows exactly where they're going to be hitting, then they can avoid it. I do wonder how it would be if you were super fast and there was an Adium shadow. Like, would the shadow be going also super fast and you might not be able to keep up with it? I don't know. Hmm. Vin makes the off offhand comment that she's like, I, uh, I barely even stopped to think about how much Sadium stuff is worth. And Kelsier's like, I have trouble forgetting how much it's worth. And she's like, oh, right, because he had to crawl through caves and get his arms ripped up trying to find it. My bad. I should probably keep my mouth shut about that kind of thing. Plus, you know, the whole wife thing. Yeah. Yep. That cost a lot. And finally, we get to, wait a second, you never taught me the ninth medal. So we talked a little bit about it up front, but what do you guys think of gold and uh, how gold works? I mean, it's kind of weird because it still does the whole projection so you can sort of see the past, but it also don't quite see the past you see possibilities of the past which is i guess makes more sense because you're seeing possibilities of the future with adium but it's still just a bit odd like how it makes it very personal and yeah i i, I don't know it's weird uh, and you know <laughs> kelsey Kels, kelsey spends the entire conversation going yeah i know right it's totally weird and i don't know the impression i got is like okay so you can see yourself if certain decisions hadn't been made and honestly, I know I keep harping on about this, but it made me think, all right, so at some point, Kelsier becomes the bad guy, and then Vin basically forces him to take gold, and he sees what he could have been, and that's what defeats him, maybe? Mm. Or maybe that's, how they de- maybe that's how they defeat the Lord Ruler, I don't know. They show you, this is what you've become, this is what you could have been, and he just has a mental breakdown realizing how far he's fallen. I feel like at least one villain at some point is going to get defeated that way. Yeah, that person in from the logbook would probably be very upset to see uh, where he ended up. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, uh, he starts out the thing by just telling her, "Then burning gold is a really uncomfortable experience," and he was not lying. I guess using the gold, it's very, it's very for from Vin's trial with it. I guess it was very internal, like it was, it was herself that she's looking at can you use that to look at someone else? Like they, don't, they don't, they go, yeah, it's uncomfortable. We don't really use it. Not sure what application it's going to have, but I mean, yes, it could lead to your own self-destruction or whoever's using it. But I think it would be really interesting if you could see someone else's past or like what they could have become or what they have become and where they were. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think, yeah, if there was a way to do that, because I mean, even Kelsey is kind of like, meh, you know, this one's not really important. 
And I just think that it's going to have more importance than what they give it now. And it could it could be very interesting for them to to see if there was a way you could almost use it on another person. You know, like the Adam, you can predict other people's moves. And I just I just don't see the like the way that it's been made out for us now. There's not a huge amount of value in it unless it like causes your own destruction. But you know, if if the Lord Ruler, for example, if they were to go here, here have this some gold. Like, is he even going to want to do that? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, Vin definitely doesn't want to do it I again. I just, yeah. So no. I, I don't. How do you? I'm, I'm really curious because this is a cool idea. How do you see it being useful to see somebody else like what they could have been, basically? Well, it might give them some. It might give them some idea. I don't know. It's kind of playing into my predictions a little bit for later in the episode, but. Mm-hmm. That they, they could learn something about someone they already know with this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that a little closer to my chest at the moment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you saving that for predictions at the end of the episode, or are you saving that for like later in the show entirely? Mm, look, I'm still working some things through. I think it'll probably come a little bit at this episode, but um, yeah, okay. we'll see. Okay. She's mulling it over. Keep your secrets. I'm mulling it over. There's always There's another always secret. secret. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Joe? What do you think about gold? Well, obviously good for self-reflection, I feel like. Vin has been self-reflecting, I feel like, a little bit throughout these chapters as the book has gone on. <clears throat> but this really lets her see kind of herself as she is, how she could could have been if she had decided, I guess, not to to trust Kelsier originally. So I really think, at least the way it's been used so far, it's really just a tool so that you can properly see yourself and see who you, who you were at one point, who you might have been, and kind of get perspective on your life about what you need to do or, or um, how you need to behave to kind of be the, be the person that you want to be the person you want to self-realize as it almost reminded me it it is different because we're talking about somebody in the past it almost reminded me of of in the harry potter series in the first book the mirror of erised where you see something um you see something that you want more than anything else it it gave me that same kind of feeling i know it's not really the same but it gave me that same kind of feeling she sees herself yeah she sees herself as she is she sees herself as she could have been if, if she had made different decisions. It, it, that kind of internal portal to yourself or your desires, it just it reminded me of that. But yeah, really the way it's being used here at this point, unless there are unless you could practice with gold and use it in other ways, like maybe project it onto other people, unless you could use gold in that way, I feel like at this point, the way we've seen it, that's that's really it's really more of a self-reflection tool. That may be that might be the whole issue is that burning gold is apparently uncomfortable and it's you can tell it's it's probably distressing that these two people that Vin is or could have been really don't like each other very much. That's got to be really distressing to be two versions of yourself and both of you hate the other you. So it's understandable why Kelsey is like, yeah, you don't. You, you don't want to do that. And when Vin's done, she's like, I never want to do that again. So 
you could almost see how somebody who could do that maybe would not practice with it a lot. Wouldn't find kind of some secret uses for it, right? Turns out somewhere in Luthadil there is a psychiatrist, and like at the start of every <laughs> session, he just hands hands him some gold and says, "All right, now eat this. And then we're gonna talk." <laughs> yeah, or maybe there's some some sadist, masochistic person who's like, "I just want to burn gold all the time," and maybe they figured out how to use it differently. Who knows? It's like those people who just like can't like you've got the deadbeat son lying on the couch and the father's like eat the gold so you can see what you could have done with your life. <laughs> I, of course, the deadbeat son would have to be a mistborn in in this scenario, so that would be really sad if you're a mistborn who's living on the couch and hasn't done anything. Well, maybe oh, maybe like that. that, that, that <laughs> maybe they're just not sure, and the dad's like, well, nothing else has worked. May as well give it a try. And and then he's like, okay, go ahead and burn it. This metal is good. Burning the ice metal is a strange experience. He makes it sound like it's going to be an acid trip, which it almost kind of is, it seems like. And in this chapter, Vin imagines herself as both Aladdin and Jasmine. Yeah, well, kind of, yeah. It's really sad how much the two versions of Vin hate each other. And it makes you wonder if that's always the case, if you get like these two very opposing views of what you could be, or if maybe a more balanced person just has, like, two nice views. Well, I think that's part of Vin's character that we've discovered. It's just, like, she's always, always has is so self-conscious of herself that deep down she hates what she is no matter what she is. It's like when she was the street urchin, she hated herself. What Now that she's becoming more of a lady and, and she's pretending to move amongst the nobility she likes doing it but she secretly hates herself so it may just be that finn is just has has very little zero to little self-esteem most likely because of how awfully her brother treated her growing up mm. but i yeah. mean you know that just may be why she hates herself so much it's like no matter what she does she's like you're a fraud you she just sees herself in the mirror and sees somebody who's not Who's not who she appears to be. She's not really, she doesn't feel good enough for anything. She has zero self-esteem. Yeah, that does seem to fit. And I like that after after it's done, and they're talking about it, Kelsier is just like, yeah, I don't think anybody actually understands how gold works. My trainer, Gemmel, said that a gold shadow is a person who didn't exist, but could have. A person you might have become if you'd made certain choices. But Gemmel was a bit screwy, so I'm not sure how much I'd believe what he said. <laughs> Yeah, the guy who trained me was insane, so I don't know. Like, why do you say that? Well, he, he made me stand on top of a tree for three days. <laughs> he said it was good for balance. He pushed him off a wall one time. We do know that. That that, that maybe one of the few <laughs> things we know about Gimmel. <laughs> that wasn't training. He was just sick of the questions. Yeah, maybe. So then Marsh shows up, and he's late because he's Kelsier's brother, and of course he is. It's like he's the opposite of Kelsier in every way, except that. Vin's like, you have the tattoos now, which I mentioned when that chapter, I'd kind of forgotten that he didn't get the tattoos that early, that this is where she discovers it. But she's so surprised. And they're like, well, yeah, Vin, he's pretending to be an obligator. What did you think would happen? I was like, I feel like if it was any other character, if it wasn't Marsh, but anyone else on the crew, they would have come back was like, well, yeah, not all of us can just wear a dress and be done with it. (laughs) It's true. Let's see. So... This is where we get some back uh, background sort of on the goings-on in the ministry. Marsh is surprised at how backbitey and stuff it is. He's like, yeah, they're really way more petty than I expected, and they're always trying to get one up on each other. But he also 
tells us that they have a series of soothing stations spread around the ska sectors of town to just constantly keep people feeling beaten down. Which is ingenious from a, like, you know, tyrannical point of view. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely something super useful to make sure that the ska never rise up against you is to have all of these just constantly doing that to them without... And they don't notice. They can't notice. Yeah. So he's going to try to get them a list of these stations. But he's like, hey... uh," And apparently, Marsh has uh, gotten noticed in the ministry because he did such a good job. And Kelsey's like, you're always an overachiever, dude. (laughs) But that's probably good for their plan. Well, like Marsh is pointing out, actually, it's probably bad for me because it means they're paying way too much attention to me and they might try to dean into my background. We don't want that. Yeah, yeah, he does mention that. That's a good point. They bribed uh, an an obligator to get him in. So who knows how long that obligator will stand up to questioning about uh, this particular person. Yeah. Plus, didn't he say he's like a lot older than everyone else? Yeah. He said he's older than the usual obligator uh, trainee or acolyte or whatever they're called. But uh, the fact that he's a seeker or a misting at all, I guess makes them kind of overlook it. Okay. Cause they want all the mistings they can get, which makes sense because now we know that they're using soothers and seekers and smokers and all these locations all over the city so they need a bunch of them and then we get into the inquisitors which he got into the canton of inquisition specifically to try to find out about the inquisitors because nobody knows anything about them and he's like they're strange i don't know they seem to have all the powers so i assume they were once misborn but one thing he has found out is that they do age and die and occasionally there needs to be a new one which that's already more than they've ever known about them before. And there's political tension between the two groups because while the Lord Preland, Vin's dad, supposedly, leads the church, the Inquisitors want to be in charge. So, and I like Vin can see the wheels turning in Kelsier's head, like, oh, how can I use this? <laughs> and then uh, the chapter ends uh, with Marsh heading off to his meeting and. Kelsier's like, we gotta get you back to Mansion Renew. There's a party in a few days, then you need to be there. She left kind of suddenly, so it makes you wonder about the parties she may have missed in these two weeks. But Yeah. I did, I did like a little farewell between Marsh and Kelsier as well. Yeah, they're, they're brothers. They care about each other. And Vince just like... Yeah, I don't want to be a downer, but I feel like that, that might spell doom for, for Marsh, you know? They're talking about how much they like each other. Hope to see you again. Be safe. You never know what what might happen. Oh, I've got something about that, but I'll save it for predictions. Do you think that might be the last time we see Marsh? I don't know. I hope not. But we're seventy one percent of the way through this book, so we're getting close to the home stretch here. Okay, that's the end of the chapter. Do you guys have any final thoughts about these two chapters before we move on to predictions? These chapters gave me a lot of hope for the ending of this book. Um, Just like they gave the crew hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think I've said this on the show before, but I, I can be a pretty gullible person. So if Kelsier buttered them all up just to go nuts and crazy later, I'll be sad about that. But I, I want to hope that that there are good motives behind what he's doing. And uh, that the book will end in a – I mean, I know it's its only the first book, but I hope it will end in sort of a more happy place. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
at some point here, I think in the next couple of episodes before we get into like the serious home stretch, we're going to have to have a special section in the predicaments where it's like predicaments, predictions. <laughs> the other one is not a word. Predicaments. <laughs> the predictions about how you guys think this book is going to end. As opposed to predicaments uh, section. We, we know predicaments. <laughs> Everybody get ready. We're about to head into the predicaments section. I'm gonna, that's going to be our new thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that word now. It's gonna, I'm, I'm yeah. making it a thing. But no, we I'm know that dig all uh, over this. We know that it's a trilogy of books, <laughs> so I'm going to be interested to see what you guys think, how this book's going to end, and what's going to carry over a story into the next ones. So maybe not today, but like next time or the time after that, because we have how many? This is episode 13. We have one, two, three, four, five episodes left after this. So we're getting there. Wow. Moving in to Predigments. It's going to be the name of it's, that's <laughs> the new name of this segment from now on. It's Predigments. Uh, does anyone have any predictions for our Predigments section? I got one. So I think like Joe's right, something unfortunate is going to happen to Marsh. I don't think he's going to die. I think that he's going to go so deep cover that he's going to wind up becoming an Inquisitor. Now, like he's, now he says, oh, you know, they've got all the powers, so we assume they must all be misborn, but they may not. Like They may be people who the Lord Ruler just grants more powers to, because we know he can do that. So as part of their initiation, they just get all the extra powers thrust on them. And I think in order, yeah, in order to keep his cover and like, just maintain as, as much as possible, Marsh at some point is going to become an inquisitor. And then that's going to fuck with his head, something terrible. So what happens to him after that? I don't know, but I think like in order to maintain his cover and keep things going, that's what will happen to him. So, okay. Now, now, now the wheels are turning in my brain about how this would work. So d- does everyone discover that, he's turned into one of these things or is it like they 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 think he's just disappeared and they don't find out that it happened or like how do you because that that has a lot of interesting story potentials this uh this idea just well just because we don't know much about the inquisitors it's sort of hard hard to peg but like Mm. when when those ones confronted Kelsier and Vin, they seem to show at least hints that they have individual personalities they like taunting people so they're not just drones so mm-hmm. at some point, like, you know, the crew might be meeting in a house and all of a sudden the door gets kicked in and in walks the Inquisitor, shaved head, spikes in the eyes. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And then he grins and says something and Kelsey just goes, <gasps> Marsh? Like full telenovela style. Yeah, sure. He's like, <laughs> hello, brother. So would, yeah. they to, would they fight each other then at that point? Well, I don't know. I feel like. The Inquisitors all seem of, of a pretty singular mind, so maybe, so maybe, like, maybe they have one of those. Uh, you have to fight off the brainwashing. I like it this way, sort of fight. Ah, interesting. Okay, that would be extremely dramatic. I'll give that to you. Which, yeah, Kelsier loves drama, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, I don't know if all that will happen, but I'm, I'm fairly convinced now that Marsh is going to become an Inquisitor down the line. Interesting. I, I, I like this possibility. Maybe the spikes are the 11th medal. Kelsey is going to have to make Marsh an Inquisitor. Ooh. That could be interesting. Bum, and bum, really sad. bum! <laughs> yeah. 
But we already know Marsh, like Marsha said, he's prepared to give his life to the cause, so maybe he will just True. accept that. Mm-hmm. It's like, brother, do it. They'll discover that that's how they get their powers or something, and that's how it works. Yeah. You've just got a constant be steady, supply the... of, steady supply of that metal in your body. Maybe that would... Oh, interesting. That, that'd be dark. He, like, he has to stab his brother with stuff and... That's it. So, is that how you defeat Lord Ruler? You have to have like an Inquisitor on your side, and that's why the Eleventh Medal lets you beat Lord Ruler. Look, maybe you got to have one that's not been brainwashed into thinking like the Inquisitors, but has to have the powers of the Inquisitors. So then Marsh gets to be like the ultimate hero who can beat the Lord Ruler. That would be unexpected, mm-hmm. since he hasn't had like a huge role in the story so far. As, as, as my mind often does, I go back to Thor Ragnarok. It's like Lord Ruler is hella go, going, like, you can't defeat me. And they just go, I know, but he can. And then all of a sudden, like, Marsh just bursts out, just like, oh, the Lord Ruler's doom. I like it. Ooh, ooh, and we can play the Immigrant song again. Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Other other predictions. I reckon that the the guy that we're reading about, the Lord, so what we think is the Lord Ruler, uh, writing in the the journal. I think the person who wrote the journal died, and instead of being like possessed by the deepness, what we see as the Lord Ruler now is just the deepness in like that body form. Like we talk about. Uh, Lord Reno and I think they've they've sort of said the word that he's a, a Kandra. Mm-hmm. Um and so that they can like reanimate the bones of the dead maybe the deepness is that um ooh so like I don't know and stuff that's cool yeah so that's kind of where I'm thinking it with that in terms of uh, using the gold I think. If there was a way that you could use it on someone else, I actually think we would be able to see who the Hero of Ages is or could have been. And my thoughts are that in the epigraphs as well, they mention that Rashek thought a terrorist of pure blood should have been chosen as the hero. So I don't think think that our Hero of Ages is going to be like Helsier or Vin, but I was thinking that maybe it could be Sazed. He could be old enough. He could have been around long enough. You know, maybe it maybe it should have been him. It explains why the the deepness is trying to kill off all of the terrorismen because maybe that's who really can defeat him mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But I think if you, if you could maybe find a way to use gold, because Sazed being a terrorisman and being a keeper probably wouldn't be able to use the gold the same way on himself because he's not alimentic. But right. if someone else could see that for him that would work. The other thing I'm sort of thinking through is that maybe like what Dak was saying as well, that Alamance is kind of this defunct ferrochemy. Maybe gold in ferrochemy does something that's really cool. And Alamance kind of has just missed the mark a little bit. So not so much, I guess, pre- yeah, there's a couple of little predictions in there, but definitely thought process happening for me. I really like the idea that like someone uses gold and one of the, like personas that pops up is the hero of ages and like everyone around sees mm. that and it's like oh fuck hmm. okay i so, like i like that idea a lot that's cool i'm curious 
about a couple things here. First off, I mm. like the whole the whole Kandra taking the bones thing because at the very least it could explain how this guy supposedly lives like thousands of years. If there's something else that took his body and it's just impersonating it, then maybe that thing doesn't age. And so that's why the Lord Ruler supposedly never ages. That totally fits. And why I'm he can sure. survive decapitation. And why he yeah, exactly. If if you're not yeah, really he can just that reanimate. person. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So that's that like answers like ticks a whole lot of boxes. I'm curious. So we're talking about also using this power like on that. So if it's the body of like this original guy, but it's been taken and like reanimated by this Kandra, does mm. does using this metal on it show you the bodies like what it could have been, or does it show you like the Kandra and what it could have been? Ooh. Yeah. Like, mm, that- I haven't really thought about it that way, but that's a really cool thought. Maybe, maybe, are we saying that the, so we, we're just going to call this thing the Lord Ruler. <laughs> Has, if the Lord Ruler was to use this, yeah, maybe, I don't know what we'd see though. The deepness is just the deepness. I don't think there's anything, there's no other past or something for it. Maybe it would show who that person was in the past. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a cool way to think about it. Hmm. Okay. I don't know that we get the value of the Lord Ruler doing this. I feel like someone would have to do it to him. Right, yeah, it would have to be one of those where we talk the yeah. theoretical possibility that there's like a way to use it on him and like show other people. Mm. Mm. Okay, interesting. I like these ideas. Uh, okay, Joe, it's your turn. Oh, what do I predict? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Um, I, I like where Dak and Jamie are going that I've kind of had the thought that the Lord ruler uh, may be being possessed by the deepness for a long time. So I definitely like that. I like that idea that he's not even there anymore, that it's just the deepness that's reanimated his corpse for me. Hmm. I, I predict that our friends will find a way to defeat the Lord ruler and everything will be happy at the end of the book. Mm, Yay! (laughs) No, I I say that because I really don't have anything specific today. I I really enjoyed uh, the information that we got from these chapters, but but nothing nothing that we read here outside of what we've already discussed really piqued my interest enough to help me form any kind of prediction. Okay. He predicts a happy ending... And everyone lives happily ever after. It's on record. That's what you think is going to happen. I didn't say that last part. I said a happy ending. I didn't say everybody lives happily ever after. Those are two different things. There's a difference. There aren't any more books in the series, and it wraps up everything, and they live happily ever after for all time. The The remaining books are just people sitting around having tea and crumpets. It ends with, like, Vin and Ellen, like, kissing. Ugh, and... no, that's not happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Vin and Spook kissing. No, that's oh. worse. <laughs> uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Wasing with your lips, my lady. <laughs> She's like, ugh, get away from me. He's like, wasing with your lips? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay into the end we're, we're, that, okay, that, i can't i can't okay so we have one email that i wanted to read this week it is from uh it's signed michael so i'm gonna assume that's the the email address is a different name that i can't pronounce but it's signed michael yeah. so it's, it's from michael 
And Michael says, just wanted to give you all a shout out. I have thought about doing a reread of the series, but your podcast is a great way to relive the experience of reading the books for the first time. I really appreciate the summaries of what's happening and the responses. Thanks for all the great content. And I really hope you go through all the Cosmere books. The one problem is that my toddler loves your intro music so much that when he hears me listening to your podcast, he just wants me to play the music over and over and gets quite upset when he goes on to the talking part. So thank you. Yeah. Your kind email. And uh, if if you want to play the song for your toddler all the time, it is called My Revolution and is by Miracle of Sound. And I think it sells for like 99 cents or something if you want to go out and buy it on Amazon or uh, Apple or from his store, which is linked yeah. from our Podbean page. You can visit his uh, the Miracle of Sound online store. Clearly your toddler has good taste. Yeah, uh, obviously. Yeah. Pity he doesn't uh, like us, but oh, your yeah. toddler doesn't like us. You can't have everything, right? So, <laughs> But thank you. If anybody else wants to send us a happy, friendly email like that, which we appreciate, you can send it to thesanderlanch at gmail.com. If you want to send us an angry email, you can send it there, too. I I, I, I might send a snarky response. I don't know. We'll see. Have, have we gotten angry emails? No, we have not gotten any mean emails. They've all been super nice uh, okay. and friendly. So I'm just saying, you know, since I said, if you want to send a nice email, send it here. I got to I got to add on that. I guess you can send not nice emails, too, if you really want to. Uh, It's the Internet, after all. You can also find us on Facebook at Sanderlanch. You can tweet at us at the Sanderlanch. Joe started following our Twitter account this week. So, oh, yeah, I did do that. that. You can also find us uh, (laughs) on Instagram now, the Sanderlanch. And Jamie started following our Instagram account this week. So. We are all over the interwebs. Come and see us. I'm, Come and talk I'm to favored. us. We also have a follower called uh, Daniel Gramble. I, oh, that's I, I my don't. brother. Oh, that explains it. I was like, hey! I was sitting here thinking like the episode that I announced where we had an Instagram account hasn't even come out yet. Nobody should know about it. No. So where did this person come from? That explains it. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, net for next week, we are reading chapters 28 and 29. Will will there be another ball? Ooh. Maybe. Will there be more metal learning? I, I don't even know what that means. Hmm. Come and find out. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be more thick books. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. So, thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>